God operating with us in two dimensions. This is hard because I just got done this, earlier this summer in June teaching an entire class, 30-hour class, on civil realm versus the God's realm kind of a thing, the two realms sort of stuff. So we, you know, we can spend a long time unpacking these things, obviously. But we'll just try to do it as quickly as we can here and give you the, the overall idea. God works with us in two dimensions. He works, he's concerned with us in a vertical relationship between myself, me, and God. And we talk about that as being the vertical relationship. How I understand God and his relationship to me. And he'll speak truth to me there and I deal with him there in that relationship. And typically what's going on in that relationship is God pointing out my error, my shortcomings, me repenting of my sin and receiving the grace that he gives. But then we also recognize there is another dimension, me and everybody else around me, the horizontal dimension. <clears throat> and we recognize that God works in both of these dimensions and has different things to say. In fact, this is another way of expressing what we call the two kinds of righteousness. which is a hugely important idea which you're going to be spending a lot of time with in Lutheran Mind and in Systematics 1 and 2 and 3. And if you have me for any courses, you'll get it just beat into you. All right? But the two kinds of righteousness is the idea that in each one of these realms, this vertical realm or the horizontal realm, God is working and God is accomplishing his purposes, but the purposes are different and, in a sense, the rules are different. So, for example, just a quick one here for you. In the vertical realm, God's law always crushes me and condemns me and points out my sin so that I can hear the gospel and I can receive the forgiveness he has for me. Most of us, as Lutherans, are very familiar with the vertical realm. We spend a lot of time there. Talk about it a lot, think about it a lot. That's one we're familiar with. We're not as familiar with the horizontal realm, Horizontal realm deals with my relationship with others. When it comes to the horizontal realm, I'm interested in my obligations, my responsibilities, and God is too. And so there, the law is pretty normative. I carry out tasks and responsibilities. So if the policeman pulls you over on Big Ben for doing 35 and a 30, that ridiculous speed limit on Big Ben, but that's neither here nor there right now. So you, you get pulled over on Big Ben for going a few over, and you say to the policeman, ah, Officer, you know what? You have to remember, I have God's grace, and I am forgiven, and the gospel covers me. This sin is not a big deal. I'm forgiven. And you'll say, that's real nice. And write you the ticket and sit on your way. And so then you go to the judge and say, judge, come on. Come on. I'm a Christian. I have God's forgiveness. I am forgiven for this sin. Everything's cool. And you'll say, wonderful. Pay the fine. You see, the reality is we're functioning in two realms. They're just two different worlds. And the gospel truth and reality is so, but it does not negate your responsibility in the horizontal realm or the way things operate in the horizontal realm. Sometimes we forget that. And it's good for us to remember that there are indeed two realms going on here. And theology is interested in both of these because God speaks to both of these because it's God's world and he's interested in this. And we'll have to talk about that more another time. But that gives you the idea here enough at this stage. Another one of the key things that we have as Lutherans, and this is one you've been waiting for, is law and gospel. 
And by long gospel, we mean what? What does long gospel mean? What are we talking about when we talk about long gospel? Ten Commandments and Jesus. Ten Commandments and Jesus. Yeah, okay. Short and sweet. Basically, that's it. Law gospel, we're talking about God speaking to us. God's word to us. And so God speaks to us, and God's word comes to us, and it comes to us as law. Do this. Do, don't do that. Fulfill this. Never do this. Always, always do this. That's the law. And then it comes to us as the gospel, which is the word of forgiveness based on what Christ has accomplished, and it has nothing to do with your performance or your, ad, your ideas or your attitude. It's simply God's word, God's gift to you. They're both true aspects of this. So the law does its work of condemning, and the gospel does its work of forgiving. And you remember learning this wonderful acronym back in confirmation class, SOS, right? And the law does what? Shows our sin, and the gospel does what? Shows our Savior. Shows our Savior. Thank you. Yes. Classic, the SOS of law and gospel. And it's true, that's what happens here. And this is a key component of Lutheranism. But you see, it's not one of the only presuppositions that we have going in. We also believe in the two realms, the two dimensions, the two kinds of righteousness. We believe in the idea of the corpus doctrinae, and we believe that God is the one who is the foundation of it all. All of these are presuppositions that we have going in. And they're going to make a difference in how we read. So, I sit down now, and I'm reading in the Gospel of Matthew, and I'm in the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus says, You must be perfect, as your Father in Heaven is perfect. And I say, well, there's a standard. That's what Christians have to do. You've got to be really good. So, obviously, Christians don't sin anymore, because if Christians did sin, they wouldn't be perfect. And so... The Holy Spirit must work in me the ability not to sin any longer. How else do I understand this? I've got to be perfect. You see, my presuppositions make all the difference. As a Lutheran, I read that and say, boy, that's obviously the law. God's standards are really high. That law smacks me around, something fierce, and really does me in because I'm not perfect. I know that keenly. In fact, that hard word ultimately kills me. Exactly. That's what the law does. So we read it and say, that's law. It is not describing an obligation or a requirement for salvation. It's describing God's will for us, how we're supposed to live, realizing we don't do that. That's what the law does. And does that make me despair? Well, in one sense, because I realize I can't ever possibly do that. And then what do I hear? Jesus saying, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And I have come to redeem the world. And we've got the gospel. You see, it makes a difference how you read. You can read the verse of the Bible, you say, is this law or is this gospel? And it makes a world of difference in how you understand it and how you apply it. And that's why you've got to know your presuppositions going in. And a Nazarene reader would say, hey, it says here we've got to tithe or we're not being good. Christians, I better tithe. And I've got to do this to have God's blessing. And we'd say, well, you're getting the law and the gospel all messed up here, buddy. That's too bad. And I don't have that problem. I, sure, I'll tithe. I want to do that. That's great. It's part of my horizontal responsibility. Fine. But does it affect where I stand with God? Not a bit. Different issue. And if you have your presuppositions straight, that makes sense. You can handle that. Okay? Todd? Is it, um, if we remove the law, do we need the gospel? To, to remove the law? The only way to get, off, get rid of the law is the gospel. That's right. right. Only way. Well, I guess what I'm getting at is, uh, I've heard it said we don't need the law anymore. 
Oh, yeah, that's a common presupposition among Christians and among Lutherans because I now live in the gospel. The gospel is all I need. I've done it the law. And that's, that's widespread among Lutherans. And it's dead wrong. But that's another topic for another time, Systematics 3. I have no use for that attitude, but it's quite widespread. And there, that gets very complicated. You get into gospel reductionism and two kinds of, two uses of the law and the whole business. That's for another time down the road. I have to wait. We'll, we'll get to that someday. <laughs> All right, but we, yeah, we'll get to that. That's, that. That leads to antinomianism and a disregard for the law, it leads to a licentious behavior, and it totally discounts the reality of the horizontal relationship and of the dimension that you have an obligation to fulfill the law, even if you're in Christ. You see, that's why what that basically is doing is just totally missing this reality. Because it's saying, hey, this is all that matters. Forgiveness in Christ. No, that's a great thing. But that's not at all that matters. Because you still got obligations. See, I'm back to my policeman again. Hey, I've got the gospel. Wonderful. Here's your ticket. You see? It's not like the gospel obviates or sets aside your responsibilities in this world. And there are Christians who might not be so audacious to say something like that, but when it comes right down to it, they kind of operate that way. You know, God says I'm supposed to live a pure life. Come on, he doesn't really mean that. He knows better. Who cares? I can do what I want. I'm trying. No way. That, does, that doesn't wash. God says do it. You better do it. So you buck up and do it. That's what we do in the horizontal realm. Now, I fail. Great. God's got forgiveness for me. I need that. That's true in the vertical realm. But man, I still have my obligation in the horizontal. And just because I'm forgiven doesn't mean now I don't have to worry about it in the horizontal. And that's one of the big mistakes a lot of Lutherans make is they think having carte blanche here means no responsibility here. That's dead wrong. Okay? And yeah, if I'm whetting your appetite for more, I hope I do that because <laughs> I teach a class called Law and Gospel and Civil Righteousness and this stuff and we get into this a lot more and it's really important. I want to make sure that I'm not confusing something. With the whole concept of works and all mm-hmm. that, would you throw that into, is it simple enough to put it under law or under gospel? Or that's kind of something that would kind of blend <coughs> into each. The world. works are always an issue of who's doing them and who's doing them as a Christian. And who is a Christian? A Christian who is the one who has God's forgiveness and who's fulfilling his responsibilities. And so the two, the two dimensions, the two kinds of righteousness come together here okay. in me. And so it's a Christian who's doing them, but I'm doing them because I need to, and I'm doing them out of love for God, and it gets a little bit muddy in there on what's really going on. And some people get really hung up on getting the motives all figured out, and that's another topic for another time. And it probably doesn't matter that much. What matters is you're doing what God's called you to do. Okay? So yeah, yeah good works are an, a fruit of that relationship that God has given to us, but they're done out there in the horizontal realm. All right? So, presuppositions we have coming in. These are some of them. Another biggie that we have. Oh, the, so in the law and gospel, this is important to re- recognize is, some people say, you know what? Law, gospel, two realms, two dimensions, they're all the same thing, or they're just different ways of talking about it. That's not true either. What's going on here is this. Law, gospel is a way of thinking when you're talking about, what is God saying to me? Okay? That's the issue you're after. What is God saying to me? How does God speak to me? And God speaks to me in law and gospel. And so law and gospel is really important when it comes to understanding God's word. And obviously that means understanding reading the Bible. Two dimensions has to do with where do I stand in this life? 
and you stand in two realms, before God and before men. And so this is not asking the question, what is God saying to me? That's what law gospel addresses. What the two dimensions is addressing is, where do I stand in the world? Where do I fit? And the two relationships helps us to understand that. All right, one other thing to talk about, so far as a presupposition going in, and this is one that Kolb does, and he divides a lot of stuff underneath it, is the theology of the cross. Or a theologia crucis. And I'm not using Latin to punish you or to be ostentatious too much. All right? Hey, I've got the earned degree. I'm going to let you all know it. No. So you've, you've, you've got to deal, you've got to just come to terms with Latin. You're going to deal with it, just get used to it, swallow hard, and start dealing with it. Don't fight it. Don't fight it. It does you no good to fight it, guys. Just accept it. Let it wash over you and yield to the force of systematic theology. <laughs> You're much better off. Oh, a little word here. Turn the cameras. No. Um, one of the realities is, when you come to the seminary, our intention here as faculty is to form you. This is what we're about. You'll hear this terminology thrown around, pastoral formation. Formation for ministry. Well, what does that mean? That means we want to shape how you think and how you function and who you are. This is our intention. And I guarantee you that when you come in and when you leave, you will not be the same person. You are going to be shaped. The question is, how? And that's an open question. And you can, and hey, guys, I was sitting on that side once. Not in this class. But I was sitting on that side once. I know what it's like. And you have this zeal. You want to just get out there and be a pastor. You want to get out there, proclaim the gospel, and help people. And that's what you want to do. And the seminary is just one more stinking hoop in the way. And that's sometimes the attitude that's coming in. You know, I just got to jump through a bunch of hoops. Man, I get through this thing. That's unfortunate. Don't look at it that way. Look at this as your opportunity to really be shaped and to be given the tools that's going to help you. And be a little bit, I guess my advice to you, this is just friendly advice off the, off the subject, be intentional about how the formation is happening. Know it's going to happen. But be, be aware of it. It's happening. You're going to be shaped. Every prof is going to try to shape you, some of them more overtly than others. Me, overtly. Okay? I have an agenda, and I want to shape how you think. Everybody's doing it. Some of them are just a little more subtle about it. So you need to be aware of it. And you need to be making some smart choices. Ask yourself, how do I want to be shaped? Who do I let influence me? How am I going to be formed? Because it's going to happen. And, you know, if you come in with this idea that I'm going to be the same exact as when I go out, you're only fooling yourself. You're not paying attention to the realities of the world. And you're denying all... And that's, see, we're back to postmodernism. What does postmodernism teach us? We're shaped and influenced all the time. And there's no blank slate. No objective you know, reader. It doesn't exist. So you are going to be shaped. So figure out in what way and what's going to happen. And let it happen. And enjoy it. Okay? Enjoy the formation process.